2: My mother always told me, Simon, you are a mistake and nobody in this family likes you. But she also said, if you can't say something nice about somebody, don't say anything at all which makes this week's Raw a very, very big problem. So instead, what I did is I took that energy and I put it into something positive and I actually tracked down the plans for WWE's Monday Night Show for the next few months. That's right. There you go, boom, there they are, the Raw plans. See, the Raw plans, and it says here that Bobby Lashley will retain at Hell in a Cell and then Drew McIntyre will come out on the next Raw and challenge Bobby Lashley at Money in the Bank. They'll then have that match and Bobby Lashley will retain and then Drew McIntyre will challenge him at SummerSlam, and throughout all of that, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, Lana, Naomi, Natalia, and Tamina will just keep having match after match after match after match, and at that point too, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander will still be fighting, but their match running time will be down to seven seconds. Okay, why did I even bother? So you've already got a good idea about what I think about this week's episode of Raw. But also, make sure you head over to the What Culture Wrestling YouTube community page and vote in this week's retro Ups and Downs, and the ones you wanted to see were Survivor Series 1996, Starrcade 1997, EC. DW's Guilty as Charged 1999 and No Way Out 2000, where we said goodbye kinda to Mick Foley. But let's just get on with it. My word, this one is gonna be a doozy. Let's up those downs for the apparently new episode of Raw. Jimmy Smith is our new Adnan Verk, who was the new Tom Phillips, who was the new Michael Cole, who was the new Jim Ross. There was probably some others in there, too. But Raw's lead commentator has now become hilarious because it changes like the wind. And if you're not into behind the scenes news, you'd be tuning in like, what the flub is going on? Why does this person keep manifesting into somebody else? However, when it comes to Mr. Smith, he did a tremendous job. So let's keep everything crossed, we actually give him a chance. Then after a massive recap of everything that's happened over the last few weeks, We cut to Miz TV and I audibly groaned. And that's nothing against the Miz. I think he's a terrific performer, but I was just like, oh, why? Why does it always start the same? And more importantly, why isn't the Miz a zombie? Because I saw him get eaten by zombies. So now I presume that the people that were eating his face weren't real members of the undead. And if that is the case, this meant that we watched a bunch of individuals just lick another human's being skull. And I want to know why that happened. And I also want to know why WWE within the world of what they created were like, oh, that's fine. If you want to do that to somebody's face, you go and do it. He pretended he was going to apologize for that lumberjack match after all the controversy, but instead said, oh no, I hated it because I got injured. And yes, the whole time, John Morrison was wearing garlic around his neck because he doesn't want any more spooky characters to turn up and run them off. I tell you, I would actually prefer Raw if we did have a vampire storyline. Put Gangrel back on Raw, he goes, and he eats John Morrison's neck And then John Morrison and The Miz, they become the new, new brood. He also had a drip stick to fight them off. It just looked like a giant Cheeto. Like I say, this could have been on any Raw for the past few weeks. And it's not their fault. But eventually they went, hey, why don't we say hello to Charlotte Flair? So Charlotte Flair came out and that's right, did the exact same thing that she had done last week. Because she's not into the smell of garlic, but she does want to become a 14-time world champion. Which means she's going to beat Rhea Ripley. And as soon as we said Rhea Ripley's names, she came out. She's like, good day, mate. I think you're a piece of trash. The dialogue with Gave her two. She said she doesn't like flair. Then John Morrison said something about garlic bread. So she was like, Well, I'm not a vampire, but I am the women's division's worst nightmare. And I was like, Oh man. Nobody talks like that. And I would do the segment here, but do not worry. There is something worse later on. We then buried Nikki Cross because it's laughable that she could beat anybody, which meant all of a sudden Nikki Cross's music came out and she arrived and she had the audacity to say, uh, by the way, I actually uh, beat Rhea Ripley last week, so I think I deserve a title match. Now, I think Nikki Cross is a tremendous performer, but come on, Nick, you didn't beat nothing. You just didn't lose within two minutes. Who the hell backstage wrote That on a piece of paper went, this will be a really good thing to say. For some reason Ripley then told Nikki Cross that she'd earned her respect and this was like reading a book but the pages in the middle had just been ripped up. You're like wait a minute what what did I miss? This just led to Flair saying oh well I know I could beat you in two minutes so we did another beat the clock challenge after Nikki Cross had slapped the queen across the face. I don't want to be a horrible person but this was really long and it just wasn't that good. Down. And then it's another down for this nonsense. Because the time ran out again, mostly because Charlotte decided to go and stare at Rhea Ripley instead and then was flabbergasted when a two minute timer went ha and got to zero. I mean, is she stupid? I know she's not stupid. I've heard her talk and I've seen her wrestle, but in this moment, she was booked to look stupid. It also once again means that Raw is literally the same every week. And I mean it, I'm not just using that word how some people do, it is literally the same thing. We just beat the clock, beat the clock and then Nikki Cross is here and we beat the clock, beat the clock and there's John Morrison with garlic bread. Cross was even announced as the winner of this and what a shitty way to win. Thankfully, we then cut to one of the only good things about Raw, RK Bro. Riddle was talking to Damien Priest and asking Damien Priest to teach him some Spanish. This did make me a little bit sad because now apparently this is the only way that Damien Priest can get on the show. Before Randy Orton crept up behind him and he's grown a goatee. Now, this confused me massively because I thought Orton was still meant to be a bad guy. But you know South Park rules. If you grow a goatee... You're the good version. So now I'm very confused. Riddle was also acting like a kid here because Randy had said, man, we want to make this tag team works. So we did the whole, you know, shut your lips and throw it away. And because Riddle is in love with him, he agreed. These two are just great together though, because they're actually allowed to have fun what a concept. This was here as well so that we could segue into Randy Orton versus Xavier Woods. And after Xavier Woods had had a terrific match with Riddle last week, he had another decent match here. I enjoyed it very much, so I'm happy that we can give it up. Or used the announced taper early on because he's a dick, which once again hurt my brain because he's got the goatee and we've already established how that works. And after Woods had come back with some strikes and kicks, Randy Orton just grabbed him and gave him a powerbomb. Xavier then reversed the DDT into an arm breaker. And when Randy Orton went for the RKO, Xavier was like, ha ha, I'm aware. Well- trained wrestler and he went for the most devastating move in all the sports entertainment surprise roll up but on this occasion it was only good for two randy Orton is experience the end of this two was great i mean it was so obvious but it was so smart with riddle at ringside just going nuts because he can't handle being in the presence of randy orton randy looked at him kind of gave him a wink and hit the bro Derek after last week riddle used the rko to beat xavier woods I thought it was terrific. Middle responded to this as well, like Randy ought to just come over to him and ask him to marry him. He was so, so happy. I couldn't believe it. And this is just such a nice story that is so easy to understand and never outstays its welcome. Just do not break these two up. I can just feel it right down in my gut and right down in my toes. Somebody backstage is just desperate to go, and then they fight. We don't need it for months. In fact, you should book them to become the tag team champions at SummerSlam MVP and Lashley were then hanging out with some more women I don't know you tell me and then we saw Nia Jax and Reginald having a chat and Reginald was like oh I do not need your help I will go out there and defeat Shayna Baszler and now I was like "Aye, right, good luck but do prepare yourself because yes look at my face it was Reginald versus Shayna Baszler and all our worst fears came true because Reg who I do like by the way he beat Shayna Baszler. So that is in the fictional record books. Shayna Baszler, zero, Reginald, one. Reggie was a bit hesitant at first because of course it was man versus woman, but Shayna beat him up for a while. Although he did grab her and give her a slam and everybody, including the commentators, reacted to this like a volcano had gone off. It barely scratched the surface though, so Shayna eventually locked on the Kira clutch. And then of course, the corner pyro happened. And because she was so distracted, Reginald used the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the one, two, three, and he beat her. Reg sprinted to the back because he wanted to hug Nia Jax, because that's how he likes to celebrate, I suppose. And what are we doing with Shayna Baszler? One of, if not the most legitimate person in the company, and you're having her scared by fire coming out of a hole. Also, it was a distraction, so bring it down. It goes up to 66. And also, this isn't just getting it down. Just getting the brown down. Drew McIntyre promo next. He told us how much he liked Kofi Kingston, but the reason Kofi hasn't achieved more in his career is that he keeps putting other people first. And McIntyre used to do that, but he's not doing it anymore, which is why soon he will be WWE Champion once again. So McIntyre is always good, we know this. It was just so hard to get pumped for this match because, of course, we had seen it seven days ago. The Lucha House pie, as well as Mason T-Bar, were then just back on Raw. And look, I don't mind random exhibition matches, but when people have vanished from the show and then they just return and nobody tells me why, it is truly baffling. Also, do you remember when we had that Lucha House Party video a few weeks ago and it made you feel like they're gonna get a big push? What a pile of crock! This must have gone two minutes down. Because yeah, Mason T. bar just won with a double choke slam and nobody really got out of first gear. They hit it on Grandmother Metallique. one, two, three, and I sat there just completely perplexed. Where did this come from? I don't even understand. However, nothing was more bonkers than what Mason T-Bar said before they had this match. Because my name is Simon Miller and welcome to another episode of Nobody Talks Like That. This week featuring Mason T-Bar, which is kind of interesting because last time we did this, it also featured Mason T-Bar. But they said, and I'm not making this up, the rules of the jungle are simple. Brute force is the only way to thrive. Bottom feeders take orders, but now we make the rules. Every lion needs a zebra. Every great white shark needs a seal. Our prey is in our sights lucha house party's extinction is inevitable that doesn't make any
0: sense a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com
3: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
1: Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be... a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/slash WhatCulture today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P.com/slash WhatCulture.
2: We then saw Alexa Bliss, who told us she wanted to have a chat with Reginald, and then we went to Seamus' evening on Monday Night Raw. And I truly could not believe it. Because he said that Ricochet and Humberto Correa were such scum that they don't deserve any shots at the United States Championship. And then honestly, about eight seconds later, he fought both of them in one-on-one matches. So I was like, hang on, you just told me you weren't interested, but now you're going to do it anyway. But we don't even need to talk about it. Because Ricochet won match one after Sheamus had been distracted by Humberto Correa's music. And then Ricochet used the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And then in match two, Ricochet distracted Sheamus. So Humberto Correa used the most devastating they're moving to all the sports entertainment so we did it back to back when the hell have we ever done it back to back creo was way too happy about this because it was just such a joke and bring it down it moves up by two it goes up to 68 so this is officially getting out of control i thought at first i'd be amazed if we got to 100 we're probably going to get to 82,791. so it's getting worse it's actually getting worse and the center of the problem is definitely monday night raw This one's got to get it down. We then had another Eva Marie video. And honestly, this has gone far too long now. She should be on the show. What the hell is she doing? Especially because she just speaks in riddles. And then, if you could actually fathom this, I can't help it. It was Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke taking on Lana and Naomi. I am going to have to watch this match until the day I die because I don't intend of giving up reviewing Raw. So I'm going to be 92 going, and then man, I can't, please, please make up another tag team. Just make them up, draw stick figures and send them to the ring. That will do right now. I mean, I had to check my calendar with this. I was like, I've been cast in a movie where I'm stuck in a time loop and I'm just reliving the same period. But no, I looked at the calendar and it said 31st of May, 2001. So. We just did it again. I mean, there's no justification, especially because on commentary was Natalia and Tamina. Oh, what's that? Nobody's Mina. Meaning the idea here was that whoever won this match would be the number one contenders, but we've done it. We've done it. We did a WrestleMania. WrestleMania feels like it was 72 years ago. Oh, uh, anyway, Mandy Bre- Rose, whatever her name is, Mandy and Dana won after a double net breaker. And then Tamina and Nati just stared at them. I was like, you can't, you can't pretend. I'm done. I'm gone. You know what? It's getting it down. Did I say that? It's getting it down. Raw's lost it. Raw is lost. And we may never get it back. Then more of my dreams were crushed. (laughs) Damn it. Because I have been hoping, as you know, for some kind of progression between Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. I've gone. It's got me. But instead, we sent them out there. And it lasted 20 seconds. (laughs) Shelton Benjamin just got poked in the eye. Cedric Alexander hit with a neuralizer, And the entrances were longer than the match and then we just cut to the next segment. It's pointless, it's actually pointless. One day I'm gonna die, I'll be on my deathbed and someone goes, Simon, do you remember that 28 seconds on Raw? I do, and I've never ever forgotten it, (laughs) is getting it down. At this stage too, I was convinced. That's right, I'm stuck in time. And if that is the case, whoever has done this, can we go to a point where I had hair? and stick me in time then. I much preferred it when I could rub my hand through my luscious locks. Elias and Jackson Riker then continued this fun because they fell out. Of course they did, why wouldn't they? It hasn't been teased at all. So all of a sudden, Elias was like, man, you're a little bit of a weirdo. Don't you know we're going into battle? And of course, Jackson Riker turned around and said, uh, excuse me, Elias, of course I've been into battle. I fought the Klingons alongside Captain Picard. He didn't say that, but he did say he had been in Iraq But if you can believe it, this was our tease for a breakup that was going to happen in around about
1: three seconds.
2: Before all that, though, Kofi Kingston did do his retort promo and he was very good, too. Said he didn't agree with Drew and he's a warrior. And later on, he will become the number one contender. Honestly, I don't know what we would have done without these two guys on this evening. Probably would have had to have turned it off. But yes, Elias then turned on Jackson Riker even though they were in the midst of a WWE Raw tag team title match. So that made the belts look like a pile of crap. And we also teased this for five minutes. That was our story. But we'll plant the seed here and then five minutes later, we'll just do it. Down. I think this was because Jackson tagged himself in and at one point Elias didn't like that. So when Reich was about to make a big tag back, Elias just jumped on the apron, he walked away, AJ Styles hit the phenomenal forearm and he got the one, two, three. And I can't believe what we have done with AJ Styles and Omos. I love them as a team when they got together but they couldn't feel more like they are just hanging out in the background. There was a more gibberish after this, because Reginald was talking to Nia Jackson, was like, yeah, I'll go talk to Alexa Bliss, I'm not scared of her. So what was the point of all the stuff we've done with her character? And then Elias told us he had screwed over Jackson Ryker, because WWE is about to start touring again, and he doesn't want to be on the road with him. I mean, what's next? Well, I turned on my tag team partner, because he's very unhygienic, and I don't like the state he leaves the bathroom in. This is where we've gotten to. This is where our stories are. They used to be up here, and now they're like beneath the floorboards. We then had Reginald on Alexa's playground. And please, somebody send me a postcard and explain what I meant to take away from this. Just send it to YouTube idiot, Baldland moronsville. I promise you it will get to me. I mean, let's just get through it. Reginald did get beaten up when he was on the swing, talking to Alexa, Miss and Lily, courtesy of Shayna Baszler. And then Shayna said, I don't like your stupid doll. And also stop interfering in my matches. In fact, we should have a chat dot, dot, dot next week. Who has ever done that in their life? I have a bone to pick with you. And even though you're right here right now and we could just sort it out, let's deal with it in seven days time. So Raw is just operating by its own rules and the rules are stupid. They're stupid, stupid rules. I have no idea what's going to happen next week. I suppose Alexa Bliss is going to out-voodoo Shayna Baszler. And that was not on my Christmas list. Down. Just when you thought you couldn't get any more gibberish, we were in the back with the Viking Raiders and Mansour, and they were saying, oh, Mansour, we're about to start touring again. You should have a chant. He should have a chant. They all just screamed, Raid. I think Mansoor was like, can I leave, please? I don't want to be here anymore. And then Mustafa Ali just returned to the show, and he went, you shouldn't trust anyone. I was like, that is not a normal thing to say after the conversation we've just had. So Mansoor went, well, why should I trust you? And Mustafa Ali went, you're getting it. Now, Mustafa Ali is so damn good, this actually has me intrigued, but for the love of everything WWE, Please see it out, because I have no confidence that when we get to next week, they won't just be gone again. Lashley and MVP were then just dancing with some women. I don't know. They said they didn't care about Drew McIntyre, and they said they didn't care about Kofi Kingston, and they just wanted to do the cha-cha. That's what happened. That's what happened. Monday Night Raw. Which brought us to the end of a truly dismal Raw, but thankfully it ended with an absolute banger between Drew McIntyre and Kofi Kingston These two are fantastic professional wrestlers. Up. Because they just know what they're doing and they work this match exactly how you would have wanted. Because Drew McIntyre is the big strong guy and Kofi Kingston is the aerial guy. And the only issue I had with this is I sat through the whole thing terrified that it was going to end with some kind of distraction. But thankfully, it did not. Drew grabbed Kingston jumping off the ropes at one point and threw him over the barricade, which was cool. But what was even cooler is that when Kofi went for the SOS, Drew McIntyre stopped him and gave him this swirly, whirly, twirly, future shock DD. Honestly, it looked so damn good, that could potentially be his finish. Kingston then got out of another DDT attempt by hitting a super kick and reversed the Claymore into a trouble in paradise, which was really good. And the near fall off this, McIntyre had to grab the rope at 2.999. It got me just a smidge. Kingston then decided to try one last move from the top rope, and he failed miserably. Mostly because he went for a flying nothing. You know what happens when a wrestler goes for a flying nothing. Drew McIntyre was waiting with the big K-More kick. He got it. He got the pinfall victory. And honestly, if you're only going to watch one thing from Raw, make sure it is this. They shook hands afterwards to let us know that they are still friends. And of course, Bobby Lashley MVP then came out to raise the title. And they probably could have done that from their dancing parlor. But who the hell cares? And I know we're doing Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley again. But I kind of expected this. I am fine with it, really. What an awful roar this was, though. And I hate being a negative Nancy, but sometimes you've just got to be honest with everybody, which is what I'm being, because we just don't do anything new. This could have been last week. It could have been the week before. It could have been the week before that. And finally, it is really starting to grate. I mean, we have not shifted anywhere since WrestleMania. And also, where the hell did Oscar go? She just didn't bother turning up to work this week, apparently. So, of course, overall, we got to get a down.